Welcome to the magic mess of the Waking Wave podcast. I am Genevieve. You're about to listen to a 30-minute story about our time in Gilitla, Mexico, where we spent two months in the jungle with an amazing host family. This episode is a bit different from our other podcast, as it is the audio version of a documentary film about our experience, complete with music and sound effects. If you're interested in seeing the visuals of this entire story, please check out our YouTube channel, where we have narrated and captioned the video in English, Spanish, and French. Right now, we're in the town of Oriental, in the state of Puebla, Mexico, where we are staying with another incredible host family for a few weeks. We will soon release a video and podcast about our experience here as well, where we are learning about the reforestation of pine trees in the high deserts and community gardens that feed the people of these small towns. We would like to thank our current host, Norma and David, for opening their home to us on this leg of the journey, allowing us the opportunity to finish the piece you're about to listen to. Without further ado, here it is, our two months in Gilitla. Enjoy! Nestled in the mountains of central Mexico is a town we'd heard much about. A place filled with myth and legends of a magical garden and castle built in the jungle by an eccentric British poet. The plan was to spend two days in Gilitla to visit the garden and explore the area. But luck would have it different. Downtown, we were surprised by utterly charming but very narrow and steep two-way street, barely large enough for one car alone. As we got lost looking for a hotel, Kids interrupted their play to take shelter in the closest house entrance to make room for our car. We settled for the first hotel accepting pets, which is a rare find in Mexico. Our arrival coincided with the last days of Mexico's famous Semana Santa. And while the town looked slow when we arrived, in the morning, the sculptural gardens were solidly booked and it appeared impossible to get entrance tickets for the next few days. We would have to stay in Gilitla through the weekend. While our hotel room allowed us to rest safely, it was beyond our budget for lodging. Moreover, I was longing for the jungle. I relentlessly searched for camping that would accept pets, and eventually, I found Villa Olaya on Google Maps. Reviews read, site offers cabanas and a pool, small space for camping available, owners love pets. So we took the trip up the mountain above the Pueblo. The roads were bursting with luscious green jungle, and it hit me. This was just as I imagined my journey. When we arrived at the villa, we were struck by the beautiful sight. Surrounded by nature, with rustic cabanas, lively music, and small groups of people gathered at tables around the bright blue pool.
we set up camp in the designated space and settled in. Soon, we were greeted by one of the owners, Vilma, and her daughter, Michaela. The connection was immediate. As we talked into the night, a severe lightning storm approached and shut out the electricity. Over a candlelight and the light of our phones, we ate dinner and got to know the family. Vilma and Miguel, two public school teachers, have run Villa Olaya for the past seven years, since Miguel's father died. Michaela, their daughter, and her boyfriend, Roman, work mainly on the weekends between school commute. And Narua, the youngest, who never seemed to be far from her tablet practicing her art. Later, we would meet Ivana, the oldest daughter, as she prepared for her move to Canada. Many times, the family insisted that we stay in one of the cabanas for free. We politely declined the repeated offers until about midnight, when the storm showed no signs of letting up. We were shown to a beautiful, rustic and spacious cabin room. Little did we know that night, this would become our home for the next eight weeks. So this is our morning view uh, at Villa Olaya. We're staying in the, in the house right there. As we decided with Miguel and Birma to build a terrace uh, for them. Villa Olaya is a fairly quiet place on the weekdays and comes to life on the weekends. A place for multiple generations to enjoy time together while sharing a meal, drinks, and a swim in the pool. Maybe even play some paintball games in Miguel's jungle arena. We enjoyed boxing nights and large barbecues with family and friends. Here, food and festivities are very important. Any chance to bring people together. Time here has been marked with movement. Hikes and day trips with the family and new friends became a regular occurrence. We hiked many kilometers in the hills above and below Hilitla. Birma and I shared experiences of how physical movement affected our emotional life and mental processes. We talked about depression and many intimate topics. We would often joke about Nara's taxi, as it always took just a phone call and Miguel would appear on his four-wheeler. Even the center of Gilitla soon became familiar, as we needed to come down the hill often for shopping, visiting friends for coffee breaks, haircuts, and eye checks, veterinarian visits. And cultural integration. Every Sunday, there are markets with local produce, crafts, traditional clothing, and herbal medicines. The air buzzes with festivities in the town plaza. 
where villagers from the surrounding mountains come to socialize, eat, and dance to live Wapongo music all afternoon. As always, still made friends on this leg of the journey. Though, oftentimes we had to protect him, scaring off street dogs with a stick. We visited countless nature sites, swimming holes, rivers and waterfalls, caves and caverns, dirt mountain filled with marine fossils. We crossed a river on a man-powered ferry. We drank crystal clear water from underground sources. We caught crayfish at local creeks and released them at the villa. What do you think, ma'am? I love it. That's all I have to say for now. I'm busy with uh, lockdown. We explored El Castillo de la Salud, or the Castle of Hell, a grand and unique place in the town of Axla, offering herbal treatments and botany school from the brightly colored home of deceased health guru Beto Ramon. It's very interesting, and it looks like they knew something in their, actually, their product really tastes like the plant itself. Wow, I, I, this was, all this reminds me of my, my land. For a while, we heard stories about bandits in the jungles above Gilitla that would come from the mountains to rob tourists. At a hidden location called Posa Azul, we came to hike and swim with the family. At the end of our visit, we had a close encounter with thieves, mimicking the whistling of birds to communicate in the jungle. You sure it's a person? Oh yeah, it's a, it's like a, like not a whistling of a bird. Fresh from having our camera gear stolen in Guanajuato, we were relieved to exit without issue, returning to the safety of the camioneta. We have met so many amazing people on this leg of the journey. Olaya, Miguel's mom, has been such an amazing host and has shared so much of her family's stories and history. Oh my goodness. Y en la selva. Ahí hay huevos. 
And here the, there is the eggs of the chicken. See, she's gonna show me everything. Salomon, an expat from West Virginia, has dedicated more than two decades to serving rural communities in the Huasteca through a non-profit, Sedipac. Flo, who lives and works at Villa Olaya, is a single mother of four who shared meaningful moments with us through our visit. Maxi, a nurse and weekend employee at the villa, took me to her house and healing garden when Glenn and I fell sick. Okay, so you're not gonna like that one for the diarrhea, but that's good. Emma, Miguel's cousin, is a photographer and former director of the Leonora Carrington Museum. Now she runs a cute tienda in the center of town, exhibiting art from local artists. Lorena and Mauro, we met one morning as their car wouldn't start. A freshly married couple on their honeymoon, we hit it off immediately and invited them to breakfast. They invited us on a six-hour hike to Trinidad and Oya de la Luz, a crater-like cave which falls some 200 meters down, only accessible by rappel. Edgar and Elias, who appeared at the villa by chance, just in time to celebrate our first year on the road, we engaged in some of the deepest intellectual and emotional conversations, shared art together, and they guided us to some of our next destinations in Mexico. Teresa and Pepe, friends of Miguel and Vilma, regularly commute from Monterrey to visit their second home in Trevita. Pepe showed us with pride every fruit tree in his garden. While picking lychees from the rooftop of his house, he opened up about the reasons for his passionate work, helping families of long-term hospital patients. We had the pleasure of spending a couple afternoons with them and exploring the nature of the Huasteca. Within our first week here, Birma and Miguel set up an appointment to meet their friend Zaira, the director of Las Posas, or known in English as the Surrealist Garden of Edward James. How long have you been working here? Around 10 years. 10 years. Finally, we had arrived at the place we came to see, and in such an intimate way. We sat for more than an hour with Zaira on a Tuesday afternoon when the site was closed to the public. She told us about the gardens, the history of the town, and the many details that linked her life to this majestic place. She, as well as many other local children at the time, learned to swim in Las Posas, which then was always flowing with water. Almost nine months out of the year, it was raining when she was a child. Also, the climate changed. Now, the pools are closed to visitors, but we were allowed special access. She introduced us to Andres, who led us on a private tour of the gardens and pools. We are very lucky we could interview Saira, and now Andres is showing us this incredible, incredible sight. It turned out to be a vast and exquisite combination of growing jungle, cascades falling into man-made pools, 
and high concrete constructions integrated in the rich, luscious green jungle, punctuated with bright orchids, flying birds, and giant butterflies with vivid colors. Quite a surreal experience. It's for me a sort of paradise, the Rabin Escultorico of Edward James. Andres told us that the intent of Edward James was to create only half of the art in concrete. The other half would be created by the jungle and time. Seeing this garden and architectural dares became great inspiration for the design of the deck. We decided to make the deck with recycled and new wood, bamboo and concrete. I watched Glenn cringe as he looked at the selections of wood from local stores, uneven and curved. But I knew he'd resolve looking at the situation as an interesting challenge. We thought about the different ways of doing the stairs and we settled for a retaining wall here and stairs going sort of in accordion-like. As always, he has this need to recycle as much as he can from old electrical plates as brackets to bicycle rims and tent poles as revolve, it all came together in a natural way. This was no small feat, but it was not as taxing as previous projects. We took it in slow stride, spreading the work over the weeks. Something new for me, though, is that I have started taking a lot of time for myself, using my feelings to create. I feel like I've created more art in Khiditla than I have the entire past year of this journey. Every day seems to inspire a new creation. I have practiced meditation and I'm reading books again. I have been very inspired to write about this journey, about my life, and about my emotions. Glenn has supported me greatly in this new venture, setting up nightly workshops and hosting odd days with the family and new friends so we can all create art together. He also somehow managed to do art of his own while working on the deck and editing through 13 terabytes of video while at Villa Olaya catching up on consolidating and backing up the last year of our journey. Khilitla is filled with critters. Chickens, cows, horses, dogs. And even goats roam the streets. Birds are everywhere. Each with a unique look, color, and call. There are armadillos and ferrets. Creepy critters are never far from sight. Critters that crawl, critters that fly, critters that camouflage, and critters that don't. Critters that jump. Some that sting. And some that glitter. There are even critters that look like odd things. 
And others make really loud noises. They always seem to be in places where they don't belong. In the bedroom, in the bed, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, and in the sink, in the food, and in the drinks. Grocery store parking lots. And even under the skin. Did you explode him? Yeah. Sometimes it's necessary to remove them from the room. So we do. Butterflies are everywhere. You're trying to drink out of my hand. Including the 88 butterfly, the pride of the Huasteca region. Hello, 88. And a gigantic bright blue butterfly that always seemed to be in flight. Elusive to the camera. One day, while on a hike, I found this secret. A camouflage of dual-colored wings. Glenn seems to be interested in anything that moves. What is that? Always trying to get close observation of his new friends. Oh, they're so creepy. On our second day here, we found a baby snake in the pool. And of course, he had to take a closer look. It's very grosso. It might be related to a coral snake. All the snakes in North America, I know if they're dangerous or not, one's here. One day, before a storm, two emerald toucanets appeared at the villa. One made a home in the tree outside the cabana and stayed for a couple weeks. We found that we can communicate with these birds by replaying the sound of their call. Here, we are truly in the jungle. The color is always green with a splash of whatever is blooming. Plants and wildlife are everywhere. Much like this part of the journey started, it ended with a storm. A byproduct of a hurricane that just hit the state of Oaxaca this lightning storm was fierce. We had several boats of lightning strike within a few meters of the cabanas. One hit the power lines directly. I don't even know where we're safe, because it's like everywhere there is electricity, it's coming out. The power was gone, it heat up the whole kitchen for like three seconds. It severed most electrical connections on the property, destroying all the televisions and electronics plugged into the walls. Electronics have been an issue for us lately. First, our car jumper stopped working and we needed to buy a new one. Then we had camera gear stolen in Guanajuato, and immediately after, the drone stopped working. Then it was our battery banks overexpanding due to the heat. And the MacBook did the same. This is the broken one, so we gotta be really careful there. Charging cable started giving out, and our phone stopped holding a charge. It is not easy replacing electronics on the road, and especially in Mexico. 
The jungle had its ways of reminding us where we were. We are literally uh, surrounded by the jungle. Rainstorms were frequent, and the power would often go out. And that's all the heat you'll get for that. There's no power. Even recording this narration took a whole day in a fortress of blanket, in the only place we could isolate from the sound of the rain. Hot water in the cabana has been a luxury, but with daily water interruptions in the area, at times we had to shower with buckets. Of course, Dill needs occasional showers as well. Though he hates the water. Washing clothes by hand is a normal affair on the road. So it was nice to use the washing machine when it worked. I'm going to miss this brightly colored kitchen. It's well ventilated. Like I feel like I'm a bit outside. So I like it better than other places, but I still don't like cooking. And it's something I don't necessarily I don't enjoy, but I but I do it, but it's easy. In the eight weeks we spent in Gilitla, I saw much beauty. I have observed my journey partners as they mirror my inner state, opening a new window to my inner world. I see aspects of me reflecting in Glen, just as I do in Zil. Who would have thought I would one day see myself through a dog? But I do. Whether I get irritated by Zil's need to follow us like a shadow. Zil, you don't make anyone fall. Or I melt at his cute faces calling for love. He has become a clearer and more obvious mirror of my inner state. Even in the wake of amazing new sights, smells and sounds, my inner world still comes to turmoil. Things that are not going well are very much my in, in my inner world. Awakening and depression feel too often interchangeable terms. I struggle with insecurities, feels of engaging in new activities, and feels of missing out if I don't, before feeling overwhelmed and anxious. Yet, there is the awareness I've felt in previous times of great struggle, an awareness that I was just where I needed to be. And this doesn't dissipate entirely. It's going to be hard to leave this family. We have found such a beautiful haven here, and their kindness has grown into us. Their simplicity and giving spirit has created one of the most meaningful and fulfilling relationships of our journey. I melt at their heart and the ways they open their home and family to us. We have laughed and cried together, sharing the most intimate of moments and conversations. I will always recall these memories with fondness. A few weeks ago, my daughter sent me a poem from Rumi. It has found its ways into my heart and marks this chapter of the journey. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. 
He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dog thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Rumi, the guest house. This road has not been easy. For me, this journey is not about the destination. It's about the people and relationships I encounter. And most of all, it is about my own healing. Finding ways to get in touch with my inner self, with my true nature, and practicing the acceptance of every moment of joy or pain to better connect with my world. At the time of releasing this video, we're in the state of Puebla, Mexico, heading towards Guatemala. If you enjoyed this video and want to see more like it, please help us on our journey by becoming a Patreon member. Thank you, and have a joyful awakening. The piece you just listened to is a work of art and took months to complete. From filming and editing to composing a coherent story of our experience, writing and narrating, choosing and purchasing music and adding sound effects, we would love to deliver more quality product like this, and we will continue to do so, but it can happen much faster with your help. We can always use financial contributions, but just as important is help in promoting, translating, editing, and reviewing. Also, if you have contacts in Mexico, Guatemala, or anywhere in Central or South America, we would love to hear from you. Please get involved and help where you can. Until next time, have a beautiful awakening.